0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. So there are very few things that are as irritating or irksome as to be in the middle of a face-to-face conversation with somebody. And maybe you've had this happen to you. You're right in the middle of a conversation, you know, just like just the two of you. And then all of a sudden you hear this sound. <coughs> <laughs> that ever happened to anybody else around here? And all of a sudden, this most important conversation, everybody's like, was that me? Was that me? You know? And then and, and put it back in and you, know, you try to carry on the conversation and then you hear the sound. And it won't stop. And it just keeps coming. And again, and again, and again, and again. And, and, and in the middle of your conversation, all of a sudden, you are not the most important person anymore. You know, and, then, and this is what people do. They do this and they go, oh, excuse me. And they act like they're turning it off. But what are they really doing? They're reading it. Exactly. There is something. We are addicted to that noise. <laughs> we have to respond to it. Now, here's the thing about text messaging. It's usually from somebody that you know. Because you don't usually get texts from anybody that you don't know. Although I have started getting text messages from telemarketers. I don't know how that happened. But I've started getting those. But usually it's from somebody that you know. Usually it's something that's relevant or, or immediate right then and there. And it's usually something that requires some kind of a response. Right? I mean, that's pretty much what makes text messaging so, so cool. is because you can you know, right away just get right the response. What if God sent you a text message? That would be a little scary. Okay. Do you know that he has? Now, it's not a tweet because it's more than 140 characters. But he has given us a text. He has given us a text. And and in a lot of ways, it's a lot like a text message. It's from somebody you know. It's relevant and important. And there is some response necessary. So this morning, as we're kind of moving through this series called Multiply, um, we're going to take a look at Scripture this morning. Now, if you haven't been here for the whole thing, we've talked about this whole idea. Let me understand, explain a little bit what Multiply is all about. We've asked everybody to get the book. Um, we've given out free copies of the book. We've asked you to buy a book for somebody else because here's the deal. This is all about discipleship. That's what this whole Multiply idea, uh, idea is all about. And it comes from Jesus' words when he gave it to his disciples and he said, go into all the world make disciples of all nations teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you baptizing them and I will be with you wherever you go. And in that little sentence or two he pretty much defined what this is all about. And we've gone through it each week. First of all, if you this is the first thing, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are by definition a disciple. Cuz that's what a disciple is. It's a follower a learner, okay? So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, no matter how long you've been a Christian or not, you are a disciple. The second thing we talked about, which is really important, is every disciple is also a disciple maker. And moms, you have the, the most awesome responsibility. It's not just for you to follow Christ, but your, your, your primary disciples are your kids. Every, every follower is a disciple. Every disciple is a disciple maker, and then last week, we looked at this idea that it happens in community. And that's why the church is so important. You need to be a part of a church family to truly be discipled. So this morning, we're going to take a look at this, the role of Scripture in all of this. And this will answer the question for many of you is, why do I need to read my Bible? Why, why bother with it? In fact, if you're here this morning and you are not a Christ follower, and you're wondering, why do people read that book? Why, why is it so important? You know, it's just kind of strange. It's, it's, first of all, it's bound in leather, and it's got this gold leaf along the edge, and it's, and it's got numbers and everything all over the place. What, how, what kind of a book is this? Well, it's a very important book, and it's absolutely essential to discipleship and actually in the next couple of weeks we're going to be looking at the story what it's all about but I just want to give you an overview this morning about why it is so crucial why it is so essential to your walk as a disciple and it actually comes from the words of the apostle Paul who had a disciple of his own named Timothy and he wrote to him these words if you want to find it follow along it's in his second letter to Timothy 2nd Timothy chapter 3 beginning verse 14 Paul wrote these words He wrote to Timothy, as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then he gives them this sentence, and this is what we're going to key on this morning. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He's saying scripture is absolutely essential. You you need to know this, that this is essential for disciples. And, And just like a text message, it's from somebody that you know, it's important stuff and relevant, and it requires some kind of a response. And so kind of in the spirit of text messaging, I thought this morning we'd do something a little bit different. Um, Hopefully, it'll help you remember. If it doesn't help you remember, hopefully, it'll at least keep you engaged for the next 20 minutes or so. We're going to kind of look at some of the text abbreviations and then kind of come back and take a look at what Paul says about them. So um, I don't know how familiar you are with text abbreviations. I actually had to look a few of these up this week. But let me give you the first one. This is this. W-D-Y-K or sometimes W-D-U-K. Anybody know what that stands for? What do you know? Oh, we got some sharps here. Nobody in first service knew any of these. So you guys are already way ahead of the game. It means, what do you know? What do you know? And scripture is given to us for knowledge. That's one of the things Paul writes here. He says, um, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching. Now, teaching has to do with instruction. It has to do with foundational Knowledge. It has to do with shaping your worldview. And every one of us in this room have a worldview. We have a way of looking at life. We have a way of looking at the world. And usually you got that from your parents growing up or other influences along the way. But all of your experiences have given you a certain worldview. And I hate to break it to you, but your worldview is not necessarily compatible with God's worldview. And one of the reasons we have Scripture is to help shape our worldview, our way of looking at life. Paul says it's useful for that. It helps us understand. Now, if that's the case, then then the question is, how relevant and how reliable and how authoritative is Scripture? Because I can can take a class. If, If you taught a class in physics, but you were using a textbook from the 1940s, like before even the atomic bomb, it would not be a very reliable text. Because there's so much we have learned over those years since then. And using an old textbook to try and teach us about now, it it wouldn't be useful. It wouldn't be reliable. So sometimes people say, well, how reliable can the Bible be? I mean, it's thousands of years old. It was written in ancient days by ancient people. What do they know about today? How reliable can it possibly be? And yet you find through Scripture, it is. It is absolutely reliable. A lot of times... Understand some things. First of all, the Bible is not one book. Okay? The Bible is actually a collection of books. Anybody remember from Sunday school, how many books are there in the Bible? 66. Wow. Another gold star on the chart for this morning, okay? That Sunday school lesson came back to you. Yeah, it's a collection of 66 books. It was written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different authors and yet... It's incredibly cohesive. Just New Testament, because sometimes people say, well, how, how can it be so accurate? I mean, they didn't have printing presses back then. How do we know that they got the words right? I mean, it was human authors anyway. It was just people writing down stuff and people make mistakes. So how do we know how reliable it is? Do you know, just the New Testament itself, we have over 5,600 manuscripts or pieces of manuscript, handwritten portions of the New Testament. And... and when we take all, 5,660 something, I think it is, when we take all of them together and lay them side by side and compare, and com- it's amazing, it's amazing without a printing press how accurate they are. It's just—it's remarkably consistent. It's just incredible that handwritten copies, most of them dating back to within 10 years of Jesus' death, and, and, and they're, they're like word for word as if they were on a printing press. It's incredibly reliable. That is more manuscripts than we have of any other ancient text, by the way. Roman history, anything anything you want, any, any human writing you want to pick, we, have, we don't have near as many copies of manuscripts. It is that reliable. Craig Groeschel said these words. He said, This book was written from 13 different countries on three different continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. It was written in three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, and what's amazing is even though the Bible was written by people from all different walks of life over a span of 1,500 years, it it has amazing accuracy and consistency when it comes to the message about the character and the nature of God and His redemptive plan for mankind. The Bible is God's Word. Not only is it consistent, true, and inspired, it speaks to so many different topics, Topics in the Bible include everything from marriage, divorce, remarriage, adultery, sex, lust, greed, guilt, materialism, generosity, healing, hope, forgiveness, parenting, prayer, friendship, pride, obedience, heaven, hell, lying, murder, suicide, rape, fears, doubt, miracles, love, hate, money, criticism, creation, government, submission, rebellion, peace, leadership, compassion, comparisons, joy, discontentment, sacrifice, delayed gratification, Patience, faithfulness, enjoying life, self-control, disasters, injustices, demons, angels, discipleship, disciplines, fasting, honor, mercy, caring for the poor, handling your wealth, family, and even cats. Well, not really cats, but the Bible talks about the devil. Same thing. I didn't say that. That's Craig Groeschel. I had somebody come to me after first service and say, you, you can't say that. You're going to offend a bunch of people. You need to say rats instead of cats. I'm just reading what he wrote, okay? <laughs> the point is, it is an incredibly relevant book. It speaks to so many life issues. It, it does. And if that's the case, then the one thing is, we ought to read it. Don't you think? We ought to read it because it's it's a collection of books, but it tells one story. It is the story of God's redeeming work in this world. It is a story of a God who created us in perfection, but we rebelled against him and wanted to do it our own way. Is that not a relevant story today? (laughs) And yet he kept pursuing us and kept loving us and kept reaching out to us, even giving his own son die on a cross for us so that we could be reconciled and restored and brought back into this relationship with God and that relationship is going to carry on into eternity, that's the big story and that big story is your story on one level or another it is that authoritative, it is that reliable it is that relevant that we ought to be reading it so if you get nothing else nothing else out of this message I hope the one thing you will do is go home and start reading the Bible If nothing else, just start reading. It says, it is useful for teaching us what is true. Psalm, David wrote this Psalm 119. He said, your commandments are always with me, making me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. See, the sad truth is the Bible is more available and accessible to us than it ever has been in human history. And yet, we do less reading of it, less meditating on it than than the ancients did. Because we got so many other distractions. We got so many other things we can give our time and attention to. David said, I am wiser than, I have insight greater than all my teachers because I've learned to meditate on your. It has shaped my worldview, it changes the way I look at things. Insight has to do with being able to connect the dots. Not only see the information, but to see how it fits. And that's what God's Word does. It's amazingly accessible to us. Incredibly relevant, but we don't read it. Recent Gallup poll. Actually, goes back a few years now. According to a Gallup poll, two-thirds of the people surveyed in this country could not name who delivered the Sermon on the Mount. Fewer than half of all Americans could name the first book of the Bible. It's Genesis. Just in case. Eighty percent of Americans claim to believe the Ten Commandments, but the vast majority of us cannot name even four of them. Eighty percent of born-again Christians, not general population, 80 percent of people who define themselves as born-again Christians believe the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, is in the Bible. It's not. Ben Franklin said it. Twelve percent of people surveyed thought that Noah's wife was Joan of Arc. We have an amazing, accessible Word of God to us, and we don't take part in it. So here's what I'm going to give you this morning. I want to give you a tool. Very, very practical. Take out your phones. It's an app. It's called UVersion. If you do not have this app yet, please download it. Let me tell you what this app has on it. And, and by the way, this is not... They don't just make it for iPhones and iPads. They make it for Android phones. They even make it for Windows phones. Yeah. And they are so sure that they want to get this out to everybody. They even have a version of this app for Blackberries. For you poor people stuck in the Stone Age. I'm sorry. It was a joke. But here's the deal. You, you download this. You can, you can even download full... There, there's at least 20-something different versions of Scripture available to you through this version. Through, and, and if you can't find one that's easily... Let me just suggest the message. It's a paraphrase. But if you have a hard time understanding the Bible, it's a good one to start with. And just start reading it this week. In fact, if you go there, you can see it'll have um, the scriptures on there. You can also choose reading plans. There is actually a reading plan that goes along with the Multiply book. So start there. But it'll, 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 you can set it up to send you a reminder. It'll give you that little doo-doo-doo to remind you to read. You can even set it up to have it send you an email to remind you to look at your phone to do your reading for the day, okay? <laughs> they've, got, they've got all the dummies covered, okay? But here's the idea. Download that thing. And, and you can actually completely download versions of scripture um, that you don't even have to go online to be able to, to come up with. But just get it and start reading it. If you don't have a smartphone, if you're back to the old paper and print style, okay? Let me give you a... Here's, here's a really good place to start. Start in the book of Proverbs. It's pretty much smack dab in the middle. It's right after Psalms, which is the exact middle of your Bible. Turn over to the next book. Is Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. One for each day. Today, Proverbs 12, 1. I actually had... I, first service, I had somebody come up to me after first service. They quoted to me 12, 1. They had read it today they had memorized it you will find in that, in at least every chapter in the book of proverbs some godly wisdom just practical this is how you ought to look at life kind of stuff so start there but if nothing else just start reading it here's the next one c-m-i-i-w anybody know what that one means correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong Paul wrote to Timothy, the scripture is useful for correcting our mistakes. Here's what will happen. You start reading scripture, you start reading your Bible on a regular basis, sooner or later, you're going to bump up against a scripture that just kind of hits you. Because it's going to be contrary to the way that you are doing things. And it's just going to kind of jump out at you. You're going to come up against um, places in scripture where it's going to talk about forgive one another, pray for your enemies. Do good to those who hurt you. And you're going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. That's not right. That can't be right. That, that, that. You will come up against those kinds of things, and you will bump up against them, and they will hit you, they will hit you in such a way that you're going to say, I don't know about that. Now, let me give you a clue. Given a choice between God's way of doing things and your way of doing things, which way do you think is the better way? God's way. You may not believe that honestly, but it is. Because He created you. He created the world that you live in. He knows how relationships work. He knows how life works. And He knows what the best way is to deal with situations. And we all need a little bit of correction because we all have our own ways of doing things. Hebrews 2, 4.12 says, The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any other double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The truth of the matter is, you don't read the Bible so much as the Bible reads you. And the Spirit of God, which inspired those writings to be written through those authors, if you're a Christ follower, also indwells you. And the Spirit of God will take the Word of God and it'll make it resonate just deep down inside and you'll know this is something I can't ignore. It just, it resonates. I don't know if, you've probably never seen one of those. We've, we've got electric keyboards and everything up here. But they used to have this thing called the piano. And, and you could, a grand piano especially, you could, maybe you've seen pictures of them from the olden days. But you could stick your head, if you, if, if you have the right tonality, and i don't necessarily but you can stick your head inside that little opening big opening of a grand piano and if you can if you can sing a note consistently you can actually get the the string in the piano to vibrate for that note it resonates just your tone singing that note causes that string which is which is tied in there at that particular pitch to start to vibrate and it will sing back to you that's what the word of god does God's spirit within you takes His word applied to you and it begins to resonate. And when it does, you got to respond to it. When He corrects you, you got to accept it. Too often we look for ways around it. Ways to justify our behavior and say, "Well, that doesn't really apply to me, or that doesn't fit in this situation." You don't know what they did to me, so I, re- I can't forgive them. I could never forgive them. For that why does the Bible? Th- I can't forgive them. That must not apply to this situation. I have had more than on more than one occasion somebody sit in my office in a counseling situation, coming for counseling, and say to me, "Literally, I know what the Bible says about this, but this is what I'm going to do." <laughs> and I kind of say, "Then why are you coming to me?" Because between your way of doing things and God's way, I'm going to side with God on this one, okay? But we have this ability to kind of excuse our behavior and make make excuses for why it doesn't apply to me. Listen, when God's word speaks to your heart, it starts correcting you. Accept it. Accept his correction. His way is going to be the right way. Next one. T-M-O-T. Anybody? Anybody? Trust me on this. Somebody got it. Trust me on this. It has to do with restoration. He says his his word is useful for making our lives whole again. Here is the great thing. God's word doesn't just point out to us our mistakes. It shows us how to make it right. It's like driving down the freeway and somehow taking the wrong exit. and You've ended up on this frontage road and now you're lost and you don't know how to get back on. God's word is full of on-ramp signs. Here's how to get back on the right track. Our son and daughter-in-law just moved to Chicago from, from uh, La Jolla. Job transfer. Moved in the end of February. Big old Yule Hall with all their stuff towing their car behind, driving into Chicago the last day, starting to snow and they're running out of gas. So he pulls off there's a uh, gas station on this off ramp they see it but you got to make a U-turn to get around there and he doesn't have enough room to make the U-turn he doesn't know how to drive this thing trailing this car the whole big thing so he decides well there's a motel 6 there right on the corner so I'll just go down this road I'll go through their parking lot and come around back to the other side great plan except then when he went down there he realized there was not an entrance to the parking lot on this street <laughs> not only that the pavement ended and it was gravel and not only that it was gravel covered with snow And I got a phone call I'm stuck in the snow. What are we gonna do? Can you call AAA? (laughs) Yeah, I can, but it's not gonna do you much good. (laughs) I said, "Well, could you check and see?" And so I did. I called AAA. Sure enough, they wouldn't do anything. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Call a tow truck. We'll take care of it. We'll get you out of this mess. Sometimes you're driving along in your life and you take an exit and you think you know where you're going, and you end up stuck in the snow. Stuck in the mud. And God's word has this incredible way of saying, hey, you're stuck in the mud. <laughs> Let me give you a toe out. I mean, if you think of God's word in that way, it's, it's for instruction, it's for teaching, it's how, how, to, how to navigate through life on this road. And when you get off on the side road, it's good for correction and then restoration and getting you back on the road again. Paul wrote to the Roman church, "Let God transform you to a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing and perfect." I will admit it, I am a man. I have a great difficulty admitting I'm lost. I, it's Mother's Day. This is my confession for my wife and for my mom. I have great difficulty admitting that I'm lo- I'm lost. I will find the way. Just give me enough time and enough you know, space, and I'll, I'll find my way. No, don't go through life like that. Let him correct you, get you on the right It's Changing the way that you think, that's what it's good for. And then the last one. AISB. Anybody? As it should be. Whoa, somebody's really smart here. I don't know where that came from, but very good. It is useful for training us to do what is right. Getting back on that road, and then heading in the right direction. Training has to do with application. It's taking the knowledge and information that I have and then applying it to my life. You can All of your Bible reading, all of your Bible study, all of your Bible meditation will not do you very much good unless you apply it to your life. It will just be information in your brain. And that's why around here we put such an emphasis on life application teaching. We want people to know how to apply the Word of God to your life. And you don't need us to tell you how to do that. That's what we try to do on our teaching sessions on Sunday mornings or in our classes or any of those in our community groups. We want to be about life application. But you don't need somebody to tell you how to do this. It's very, very simple. Just as you read a portion of Scripture, here's a couple of questions to ask yourself. What commandments are here that I need to obey? What commandments are here that I need to obey? Anything in this passage I'm reading that's a commandment? Maybe not. Then what principles are here that I need to observe? What principles do I need to observe? Or what behaviors do I need to change? Or what instructions are there that I need to follow? Because if you read for any length of time through the Bible, you're going to find one of those either a commandment or a principle or a behavioral change or some instruction and then make those changes it really comes down to one word obedience James 1.22 says do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says now here I I know you and because I know me (laughs) when it comes to obedience I want to know why don't you? Tell me why, and then when it makes sense, then I'll obey. And the problem with that is, it doesn't always make sense until you obey. When you were... Parents, moms, moms, when you tell your kid to do something, and when they say, what do they say? Why? And what is your answer? Because I said so. There it is. Now, sometimes just because you don't want to engage in a discussion, you just want to obey. But sometimes you understand, you understand that sometimes it doesn't make sense until you do it. Sometimes God's Word, the why doesn't make sense until you obey, and then when you obey, you realize, oh, that made perfect sense. Now I see it. And Too often we want to answer the question, why, before we decide. And Like I said, around here, we try to be a life application. We try to explain why God says these things. But don't wait for the why. Just obey. Because when you obey... You will very often discover the reason why. When our kids were younger, growing up, and got old enough that it was their responsibility to keep their rooms clean, and uh, and we'd tell them sometimes, okay, you can't go out until your room is clean. So they'd run upstairs. Five minutes later, come downstairs. Okay, all done. And go, whoa, 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 whoa. And this, is, my wife came up with this one. Great mom that she was, is, was, is still. She said, "If I go up there, will I say it's clean?" Because my children's standard of cleanliness was not the same as ours. (laughs) And so this whole idea is learning God's standard of cleanliness. God's values. God's ways. And it won't always make sense. In fact, you will say to yourself, I can't do that. That just doesn't make sense. I don't think I can do that. But the Spirit of God inside of you is saying, but you can't ignore this. (laughs) Very often... When you obey, you discover the why afterwards. Application comes all the way down to just simply obey. Don't just listen to the word. Do what it says. Moses gave the people of Israel these words from God. When he first got the, got the, uh, the Ten Commandments, when he first got the law, he brought them down, gave them to the people, and he said this. He said, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Then he gave instructions on what that should look like. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, live it. Live it. Let it permeate and saturate your life in such a way that you don't have to always give the reason why and you don't always have to give the lecture. You just live it. Show his word transforming your life and it'll have an impact on your kids. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.